What should I do when my young son wants to become a girl? On this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. I'm Amy Evenson, the producer of Truth and Love, and today we're dealing with what should I do when my young son wants to become a girl? Of course, this works the other way around with a little girl who wants to become a boy. Today, we're aware of all kinds of news stories that tell the stories of parents who don't know what to do when their child wants to be the opposite sex. One recent news article on CNN reports a young child named Rylan Whittington, who is a biological girl whose parents claim is transgender. In Missouri, there is also a recent story of a teenage biological boy who is transgender and wants to use the women's restroom. So Heath, I would love if you could describe for us a little bit about what is going on here. What is this? This is the problem of gender dysphoria, which is a technical label that our culture gives when someone has a desire to be the opposite sex. It's important to understand that in our cultural understanding, the problem of gender dysphoria is not intersex. The problem of intersex is a biological difficulty that makes it hard or even impossible to identify whether a child is born as a boy or as a girl. So gender dysphoria is not intersex. It's also not homosexuality, where someone has a sexual desire for members of the same sex. Gender dysphoria is its own unique problem, and it is a situation where a child has a desire to be a gender other than the one that they have received biologically. Those desires can exist along a continuum of relatively mild to relatively strong, but it is a problem in any event. What's going on when you've got a child who wants to be the opposite gender? What is the problem here? Well, the first thing we have to say is that everybody believes there is a problem here. When you've got a young boy who believes that he is really a girl or a young girl who believes that she truly is a boy, that is going to create difficulties. The question is, what is the problem? And the leading secular understanding is that the problem is your body and the pain that flows from being trapped in a body that's opposite of your feelings. So what's wrong in the secular understanding is your body, not your perception of who you are. And so because the belief is that the trouble is your body, that leads to all kinds of terrible interventions that happen to try to remediate these difficulties. That assumption of the problem is very different than a uniquely biblical perspective, though. The Bible teaches that God makes human beings with two distinct genders. In Genesis 1, 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So the Bible says that God makes man male or female, and we will not have a gender that is at odds with the biological sex that we are assigned at birth. So a Christian perspective on this is not that the problem is your body. 
the Christian understanding on this is the problem is your perception that is at odds with your biology. So this is rebellion against the creator at the level of your own body. What are some of the consequences in the lives of young people? Well, they're heartbreaking stories. You're talking about Ryland Whittington at the top of the podcast. Other names are strewn about headlines all across the country and the world. There are heartbreaking stories about this. There's so much pain that comes into the lives of people who are experiencing this difficulty in their life. There is pain in the lives of parents who want to be good moms and dads, and they're trying to figure out how to be as loving and as helpful as they can. They want to protect their kids from all kinds of difficulties. They can feel overwhelmed uh, by a problem that they don't know how to address, and they don't know where to find help. There's also pain in the lives of children who experience this difficulty. I mean, this is agonizing spiritually for children who are looking at their bodies and hate what they see there or else have a very strong sense that who they are in and of themselves is different than their biology. So this is very painful. And people who are understood to have what our culture calls gender dysphoria experience sorrow, depression, anxiety, levels of self-harm that are far outside the range of normal of the rest of the population. And the physical treatments that they often are subjected to to deal with the apparent physical problem makes this worse. So there's all kinds of pain. But ultimately, we have to say as Christians that people are separated from God. That is the most significant consequence. And without repentant faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will remain separated from God. And so the consequences are serious and even eternal. So what would you say we have to do about the problem of gender dysphoria as it's becoming more prevalent every day? Well, just like we said before, everybody thinks there's a problem. And so we need to say here, everybody thinks we need to do something. Everybody wants to help. There's nobody out there that's looking at these kids who are in trouble or their parents who are confused and saying we don't need to offer a solution here. So everybody wants to help. The question is, what are we going to do? And the issue is that how you respond will depend on your understanding of the problem. So if you have a secular assumption that the problem is your body, then you are going to engage in physical solutions to try to address that. So you're going to engage in cross-dressing. You're going to engage in hormonal efforts to delay puberty and suppress gender development. Ultimately, uh, you will pursue, as many do, gender reassignment surgery to try to erase the obvious physical indicators of gender. All of these solutions, though, are awful. They're terrible. They make matters worse, especially when you consider the fact that 80% of children who experience these concerns in childhood grow out of them by adulthood. So I think we need to think in terms of three biblical solutions. First, we need to emphasize parenting. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, train up your child in the way that he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is a proverb that instructs parents to be 
parents. We need to be the people who are telling our children how to live and how to grow up into adulthood. Parents have to be parents. We have to tell our kids how to grow and mature. We don't let our children's desires rule the day when they say, I want to go play in traffic or I want to jump off the top of the house or I want to be disrespectful to the neighbors. We parent them. We train them up in the way that they should go. And we need to do this with regard to gender too. We need to, we need to tell our kids like, Hey, that's not how boys act son or honey. That is not how little girls act. Or we need to help them understand the toys that uh, boys and girls play with and the way that boys and girls are supposed to interact with other boys and girls. We need to parent. Uh, A second biblical strategy that we can think about is thankfulness. We need to encourage thankfulness in the hearts of our kids. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The theme of thankfulness is a huge one in the Bible. And it's actually a very important strategy to undercut the strong kind of inappropriate desires that are on the table in gender dysphoria. Little kids who are struggling with the body they have received from God don't just need to be told how little boys are supposed to act or how little girls are supposed to act. We need to encourage them to be thankful to a good God for what that good God has given them. God is not going to give a bad gift, even in the form of a body, to a person. He's going to give a good gift to them. And we can teach our kids to be thankful for what they've received from the Lord, even at the level of their own gender. And then finally, as parents, we have to point to Christ. Romans 1.16 says that the gospel is the power of God. These kinds of desires are strong. The, the pull that a child can feel in his or her life to try to accommodate his physical gender or her physical gender to his or her desires about what that gender can be can be overwhelmingly strong. And we need something that is stronger than our desires. And the Bible says that that power comes in the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who would turn from their sin and trust in him alone. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. If you'd like more information on this topic, I would like to invite you to attend the annual conference of ACBC in Louisville, Kentucky on October 5th, 6th, and 7th. On October 5th, we'll be spending a full day talking about the topic of transgender and how Christians can understand that. You can find out more information about that conference and about the ministry of ACBC by visiting our website at www.biblicalcounseling.com.